If you can get that kind of synergy going with no matter what it is you're doing, you don't have to be the tip of that spear synergy. Just be the neighbors that are involved in the synergy. This is Soul Sessions, conversations on culture from Jackson, Mississippi. I'm Paul Wolf, along with Kim Lewis, bringing you a look at the people, places, and events that make us the city with soul. And today's guest is car enthusiast and owner of The Vault, J.D. Pass. From the oil fields of Oklahoma to the auction world, J.D. has his hands in several ventures, none the least of which is his 150,000 square foot warehouse in Jackson's Industry Park neighborhood, full of classic cars to his community events that draw thousands. J.D. is focused on giving back to the community through the vault and by inspiring the neighborhood around him to improve, to make Jackson a better place. I can't wait to hear from him. Let's start the show. JD, will you share a little bit with us about who you are and about the work you do? Well, I moved here in 92 and I was an auctioneer and we just made Mississippi our home. I'm from Oklahoma. My wife's from Indiana and we just moved here and felt like it was one of the last unsettled frontiers. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity in Mississippi. And, yes. You know, for a man that wants to just go make his living and do what he wants to do, he can do a lot of that right here in Mississippi. And so... Our daughter was born here. She went to Ole Miss. She's a graduate. She's going to medical school. So it all ties in, and we've lived here and made a lot of friends. And, you know, at the beginning, I didn't make my living in Mississippi. I was traveling all over the world. So my wife, she uh, was one of the top employees to help build the casinos up in Philadelphia. She came in with Boyd Gaming. How about that? And so we just kind of settled here, and it was a great opportunity that turned into a wonderful opportunity. Yeah, and folks in Jackson currently might know you or or may not for The Vault and all of your cars. You are a car aficionado, a seller of cars, a fixer of cars. Tell Actually, me about your cars. I got cars. a sickness. It's a disease. <laughs> and, you know, whether you got two or 200, it's a disease you never shake. And so, unfortunately, I was kind of, I say this and I kind of laugh about it. I was kind of, as an auctioneer, I was always up there selling them. So I'm up there going, 35, look at 40. Boy, that looks nice. I ought to just buy it. 35, and I sell my own self on it. And I woke up one morning with three chicken houses full of cars and had more cars than I could afford to put gas in at 22. And so then I become the buyer and seller. And, you know, it just continued growing from there. And then one morning I woke up, I had four warehouses full of cars scattered around the country that been putting back here and there and stashing around and, so I started looking for a place for J.D.'s man cave, so to speak. And that's what brought me over to Jackson was the uh, opportunity for space at a reasonable price. And then it just morphed into the vault. And it's uh, 20-foot concrete walls, concrete roof, four-foot dock high, and it's 152,000 square feet. So it's like a vault. And one day I was walking in and I said, I'm going down to the vault. We was joking about it. and it stuck. And so that's how we come up with the name The Vault. And we've been doing it for years. So The Vault may be new to a lot of Jacksonians and, and others in this area, but we look at it kind of a hidden gem. You've been around for a few years now and you've had some pretty famous people come and visit your facilities. Do you mind sharing with us some of those names? We recently had CeeLo Green. He was here in town for an event. 
And uh, then we were fixing to have uh, another couple of entertainers. I really hate to say because they like to be private, but we've had uh, Jason Caffey recently come bought a car from me. He was on the Dream Team uh, with the Bulls, if you remember back in the day, with Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. And he was actually the highest score. He come up and bought some cars from us. And then uh, DJ Fluker, which is with the Miami Dolphins. And we get a lot of ball players through here. And also entertainment stars because we're right here at the crossroads of I-20 and 55. And they stop at the fairgrounds or they stop at our new amphitheater or and whatever they're doing. And they have their, their riders, especially with COVID, kept them from – even getting off the bus, you know, and they get really tired of riding a bicycle around a parking lot at midnight because that's the only time they get to get off that bus. So we've been able to provide them a space, but most of them are car guys anyway. And once they find out they're over here, they're over here wanting to talk about cars and tell me their stories. And Stone Cold Steve Austin and Brett Favre, you know, from Mississippi and those guys, we film stuff with the USA Network. And then I do the deal with Discovery Channel, which is the Fast and Loud, Gas Monkey Garage, and I'm part of that scene. I've been since 2004, and so we've got film crews. We've got people doing certain things all the time, and then we you know, get movies that want movie cars, and so we get to see those talents as they come in, and so it, it, it's just something, you know, Mississippi's really been known for their development in films for a good while now, and I think the city of Jackson is even expanding into that. They've been filming a lot here around here lately. And, of course, everybody knows about the help. And so, and my dog Skip and all that other stuff, it was filmed right around here. So, as we are more known, more people are just going to naturally gravitate to that part of it. And so, it, it's been a blessing for us. It's fun. We have kind of a wall of fame that we're fixing to start putting up. I just, I just don't want to look like I'm trying to point out that, hey, look at me, you know, I, I know this guy because, <laughs> right, right. you know, I know a lot of singers from the rodeo business and, you know, guys like George Strait and stuff. And I talked to them, you know, Stone Cold called me a redneck the other day and <laughs> just called to check on me. So I don't want people thinking that I'm trying to put that out there like I'm somebody. We just kind of like that kind of feeling of being a hidden gem. And when they show up, we just treat them just like anybody else. And, and I think they like it too because they can feel like they're away from all that. You know, they get to get away from it. Just like we were talking about the kids earlier, getting a place to go to Fondren just to decompress. They can actually sit back, eat a deal, eat a meal from Walker's or wherever we get the food from and sit down and tell stories and talk about something outside of business. Yeah, the Industry Park neighborhood of Jackson is just west of Fondren. And I'm sure we'll talk more about the vault. I always love to take a guest back, okay? Your first car. My first car? Your first car. The first car that was legal to drive or my first car? Because <laughs> my first car was, I was 13, I believe. I come from Oklahoma, so we was all driving. I mean, I was driving in Hayfield at six years old. And then I had a car to go to school in, which was a 64 Volkswagen Beetle Myers Mannix Volkswagen Bug. And my mom would make me honk the horn for a half a mile all the way around Kreiner Hills so the traffic would know I'm coming because she didn't want me to get run over. And I'd burn a horn up about every two months and have to put a new one on. We'd have to go down to the parts store at the time, get a new horn to put on it because we'd just burn it up holding around. But I wasn't going to miss my opportunity to drive. But when I went to high school, my first car was a 64 Ford pickup. And I'm a cowboy from backwards, so I had a 64 Ford half-ton pickup. 
and uh, had a matching blue horse trailer to go with it. So I thought I was in tall cotton. I can tell you, I thought I was really deep in that pickup. You have your hands in a lot of businesses, oil fields, and you've done rodeo too. We talked about that uh, off mic earlier. What what led you to get toward the direction that you uh, seem to still be heading now? I just like challenges. I I, I mean, I, I just can't, I'm not content. I, I wake up every morning it's a wonderful new day. I'm six foot above ground, not below ground. And God gave me an opportunity to go do something. And that's what I look for is opportunity. And there's opportunity everywhere. And just, you got to be careful to pick your battle, so to speak. And if you focus on those and take care of them and nurture them properly, then they'll be fruitful for you. And you can go on and expand into something else. I've been doing this since I'm 56 years old. I've been in the workforce since I was 13. So I've made a lot of friends and the auction business has always afforded me the opportunity to meet people of all different lifestyles to spend their disposable income or whatever it was to buy their piece of equipment to go to work or whatever their hobby or lifestyle was. And so as I met those people, I spurred off into uh, other ventures. The oil field part of it come in from being in high school. You know, I'm from Oklahoma. And so we ranched rods on the bench every afternoon. And I hold soil samples for a geologist just for extra money when I was in high school. But then as I matured a little bit, I was traveling. As an auctioneer, it afforded me the opportunity to travel all over the world and do some of the largest events in the world. I was in the manufactured housing business. I set records for manufactured housing sales, FEMA campers, all the other things that go along. And those things just come to you as a result of networking. And Jackson's a great place to network. So, J.D., we talked about what brought you to Jackson, your search for the perfect man cave, uh, enough space for you to collect your cars. What continues to make Jackson a perfect place for you and what you're doing? I think it's almost a three-pronged effort. And one of it is that Jackson is a space, like I mentioned earlier, still almost one of the last unsettled frontiers. There's a lot of opportunity here if you want to go make it happen. It's not going to be given to you, Mm -hmm. but you got to go make it happen. And usually you got to take a little bit more uh, effort into making it happen than some other places maybe in the world, but it's a great place once you get that foundation started, one. Two, I think that your people around, it's still a big city in a, you know, it's a little city in a big atmosphere. They feel right. like they're a bigger city, but you still get that hometown feeling. You can visit with people that have the same struggles or strifes. They've been successful. One of my neighbors has been there building satellites, uh, the Observer Dome, for, you know, building those domes for the military. Now he's doing it for very wealthy people all over the world, and he's been there forever. You know, there's a lot of opportunity to get with your neighbors, and then they all come together. And then I guess lastly is just the ability to, if you're successful, find a way to give it back. And we've been able to start that process, and you may know about our little Easter car show we had mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it just blew me away i was expecting 300 people maybe right. and we give a thousand easter eggs away and there was seven eight thousand people down there <laughs> and a thousand car i had to cut them off at 11 o'clock because we had other things to do and so if you can get that kind of synergy mm-hmm. going with no matter what it is you're doing and you don't have to be the tip of that spear synergy 
just be the neighbors that are involved in this energy and offer up the space for people to park and you know, it's Easter weekend, so people wasn't really working in their businesses. So it opened that whole business park up for us to be care. And then the people that came to the show didn't throw their hot dog wrappers down. They carried them and put them in the trash. It was a great bunch of people that came together in the center of city of Jackson where everybody wants to say negative, And we brought a positive cast light to Jackson. To me, it's a wonderful thing. And then once you go to that level, we can expand out into other things. I, I tell everybody our deal was inner city, interracial, and culturally um, motivated, you know, or community motivated. And if we can take those three things and expand just on that topic, we can give opportunity to kids and stuff that may not have the opportunity to do those things. They, there's a lot of people that can't afford a car, but they can come see. Right. The 150 I got or 200 that's there all the time, plus another 1,000 that show up every Easter. We give 1,000 Easter eggs away just to the kids. Had free monster rides to people that may not be able to go down to the monster truck show when it comes. So they got to get in one and ride around it free. There's a lot of little things that get people synergy. And from that, we can just decide where we want to focus that. And it's almost just like laser surgery. We can just go in and pick out our places and do what we can do to improve. J.D., what inspires you to continue to do what you're doing here in Jackson? Well, if I quit, I'm going to be dead. That's pretty simple. <laughs> I mean, I pulled my bootstraps up every morning since I was 13 years old, and it's just not in my DNA to, you know, be passive. So, you know, again, I, I wake up, my prayer every day is not for money or for wealth or for my kids to have a better college. I just pray for opportunity. And as opportunity comes to me, uh, there's an old adage in the story about a guy that was on a boat and, uh, and the water was flooding and rising. And at the end of the story, you know, the good Lord says, well, he sent you two four-wheel drives in a boat, dummy. What do you want him to do? You know, you just got to pick your opportunities and, you know, put the effort in to make them happen. And I think you're looking around the city, too, and, and seeing what others are doing, maybe, and, and helping that to inspire you to, to make the city better, too. Well, that's a, that's a whole part of that, you know, community growth and development. We can just continue to do something positive. I don't care what it is. It don't have to be big. It don't have to be a thousand cars. It just has to be uh, an, the little foundering thing they do up here is grown over the last couple of years. And, you know, it's a place where people are now coming. We took cars up there for the first time the other day and had a lot of people come by and visit with us. But they're they're getting to see the culture of the restaurants and the entertainment and the different lifestyles that are perceived or, you know, projected up there. And so it, it's it's Thursday night and it's something that people can, you know, they're starting to mark their calendars and making plans. I know the youthful culture has. They're right here with the hospitals and it's a great place for them to decompress getting out of their college, you know, taking all those tests. My daughter's going through MCATs now, so I can tell you <laughs> it's wearing her out. So anywhere that they can go decompress and just have a good time and, you know, eat and walk and everybody brings their dogs. Uh, it's, it's just something that's you'd see in Chicago or somewhere that you don't see or would expect in Jackson. And those little things like that will expand. You can walk around the community where we're at now. Um, the little church across from where my building is, uh, I helped them put a roof on the church, but they took in painting my building. You know, and then when I painted my building, the neighbor painted his. Now everybody mows their grass. And all that is just something that everybody's starting to take care of as it starts. They want to do their part. Everybody has pride. Yeah. 
and they just want to find a way to exert that pride and show that they have some self-pride and ownership in whatever they're doing. And no matter how little or small it is, it can grow. It's just a plant the mustard speed. So how do you feel like the work that you're doing in Jackson with the vault and your other adventures are, are making a difference? That's kind of an interesting question. I, I think when it first started, I come down here just for a place to safely store my cars. As I spent time, I seen the opportunity to help other people that either had cars for sale or had cars that they needed to have repaired so they could enjoy them. And there's nobody around here that works on them or they just needed to have a fellowship of a place to join and drink a beer and have car guy talk. And so as I did the investigation of what was happening, I created the vault and now it's become a full-time job. We have employees, we're paying payroll taxes, we're doing the things that you need to do to create opportunity within the city for other people by giving them a way to go do something for themselves financially. And then from there, I think our ability to, with my, I guess, gift for gab in sales, I hate to sound like a salesman <laughs> here, but... I'm able to visit and connect my connections and expand on those to where we're able to offer the events I'm talking about for free. For two years, we fed 800 people at Christmas, rolled out the red carpet. We fully decorate the place with 140-something trees and all that mess, and we feed them. We're not feeding them, you know, finger food either. It's all full-blown prime rib and turkey and everything, and it's all free. And so you bring the groups together that are from outside of this community that have a passion for cars, and then they get down here to the Fondren area and the Jackson area where they normally wouldn't come, and they get to see an event like what we're doing, and they go home, and there are disciples, and they tell everybody how much fun they have, and it expands, and next next year I expect 1,600, 2,000 people. We, we're going to two days on our car show because of it. And so when you start doing that, you're driving economic numbers. Not only just economic numbers, but it's also an opportunity to, for us to create other focuses like the things I may have mentioned earlier, and if I haven't, uh, educational processes for kids that may not have an opportunity otherwise. Uh, just teach them how to – one of my dreams is to have a little small class there to teach them about mechanics or electrical or – wiring or whatever it may be, but also teach them about how to balance a checkbook, how to want work a spreadsheet. So when they start their business, a lot of young kids have talent and know how to work with their hands. They just don't know how to go apply it and make it long-term. Life skills. Yes. Well, not just life skills, business skills. Yeah. I mean, they don't teach any of that. When I was in high school, I went to 4-H. We got to learn all kinds of, and FFA, I was you know, had all kinds of opportunity to learn how business worked uh, here. And in this day and time, look, I went to a high dollar high school. I'm not going to mention any names, but they didn't teach them how to balance a checkbook in that school. So if we can teach, so if, if those kids aren't getting opportunity, the kids that are just going to public schools are not getting those opportunities. They're the ones that are becoming our air conditioning repairman. If they can go to a trade show, they're being our roofers. Uh, they may be our body shop. In my case, I'm in the car business. I see a lot of kids that have body shop opportunities. They work. They go out. They can paint. They can fix fair. They can have mechanical aptitude. But then something happens, and 
Next thing they know, they can't pay their automotive parts bill. And the reason for that is they went and bought a boat or a motorcycle to look cool and made the wrong decision, and it wipes them out. So if we can teach them how to do certain things and manage their money better, manage their business, then they can also be an addition to the community and help people have an opportunity to use their services, which in turn just makes a better place for all of us to have an opportunity to do so. Here's my favorite question. If you had 24 hours to show off Jackson, what would you choose to show off? Of course, me. <laughs> I got to take them to the vault. I mean, 390 Commerce Park Drive. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but uh, uh, if I really want to show off Jackson, my daughter and my wife would probably be better for that because I'm a workaholic. You know, that's why I'd say vault because I'm always there. If you want to see me, you got to come there and see me. But uh, you've heard me mention walkers. Absolutely think it's the most phenomenal restaurant on the planet. I tell people all over the world, Jackson, Mississippi, you don't touch a steak. I mean, I eat at Ruth Chris's and somewhere the other day, and I got to tell you, it was like feet and shoe leather. <laughs> and, you know, when you go to Walker's, it's consistent. The people are still friendly. Their tamales are to die for. Mm -hmm. I don't eat sea bass, but everybody that eats sea bass loves the sea bass. So I don't want to sound like a commercial for walkers, but that's probably my second choice outside the vault. Mm -hmm. The Fondren area itself is expanding and growing in the hospital district. So I like people to see the growth of what's happening here. I don't want to, I'm, I'm not the guy that's out hanging in the nightclubs all night and, you know, the old subway and stuff like that that was popular. You know, there's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of brochures they can figure out where they want to go there. But what when people come see me, they're usually wanting to know about Jackson, not let's go party in Jackson. Right. And so I like them to go around and see all the expansion and the building and the things that are happening within five miles of where we're sitting in the hundreds of millions of dollars that is being in developed or invested in development of this area. And so that's what I'm, I'm almost giving them the nickel tour of what's happening. I'm probably Jackson's tour guide for development <laughs> around here. Well, we certainly appreciate that. <laughs> Can you tell us where we can go to find out more about you and about the work that you do here in Jackson? Well, you can go to thevaultms.com. Check us out. Uh, you can also uh, come by and see us at 390 Commerce Park Drive, Jackson, Mississippi. Google my name. You can find a lot about us out there on the Internet. And if you really want to sit down and drink a beer and have a chat and chew session, come on by and see us. And we've got a 6,500 square foot entertainment facility that we can most certainly sit there and have a beer and shoot some pool. If you want to play pool, i got a secretary up front. She's pretty good. I'll put her up against most people in town. So, Now, here's what we're loving in the City with Soul, a segment where we talk about a place or thing that has us really excited about Jackson. Today, that is the Jackson Medgar Evers International Airport. In 2019, the airport saw a record number of passengers, 1 million, on 27 daily flights. It was a big year prior to COVID-19, and this year, they're at 30 daily flights. Yeah, and seven of those daily flights, are you ready for this, Kim? Southwest Airlines is back. Yeah, they're kicking off daily flights with nonstops to Atlanta, Houston, and Baltimore, Washington, with weekend nonstops to Orlando. And if you can't take a direct, Southwest offers 82 additional destinations. Some are accessible by direct flight, meaning there's a stopover city. 
city, but you don't have to deboard, run to another gate and wait. So that's super convenient. It's also been announced that American Airlines will offer weekend nonstops to Miami. Frontier Airlines is back with direct flights to Orlando and Miami. And Delta Airlines is bringing back their big jets for nonstop service to Atlanta. Exciting times for air travel in the city with Seoul. So head to visitjackson.com right there on the front page to learn more about flight options from Jackson. Soul Sessions is hosted by me, Paul Wolf, And me, Kim Lewis. Our show is produced by Visit Jackson in association with MWB Studios. Our executive producer is Ricky Thigpen. We were recorded and mixed by Parker James. Our theme music is by Tania Sanders, recorded at Malico Studios right here in Jackson. Special thanks this episode to J.D. Pass, Jonathan Pettis, and Mark Leffler. You can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Kim Lewis. And I'm Paul Wolf. And you've been listening to Soul Sessions. <laughs>